0: Combining two technologies can often be cumbersome. On this podcast, you will learn how Citrix Technology Alliances are solving industry challenges and empowering people to unlock their full potential. Here is your host, tech columnist, podcaster, and best-selling author, Neil C. Hughes.
1: In this series, I invite guests from Citrix and all their partners to spend some time with me to share how they're solving real-world problems for businesses but not on their own, but by working together. And in this episode of the Citrix Ready podcast series, I explore how Citrix Ready and a company called Traitware are working closely together to solve real problems for businesses. So I'm going to hear how customers are leveraging Traitware to provide insights to admins on the key utilisation of the apps, not to mention the tasks users perform within them. And Traitware are bringing next-gen authentication to the Citrix marketplace. The passwordless login is already here. So if you're tired of credential management and risk, you should enjoy today's episode as we're going to discuss Traitware's mission to substantially increase user and company security while also simplifying access to digital and physical resources through the elimination of the need for usernames and passwords. And I think we can all <laughs> agree that it could only be a great move. So if you would like to hear more about Traitware and Citrix and how they're working together to solve those problems I've just talked about, hold on tight and I'll get the guests ready now. So a massive warm welcome to the show. Can you tell the listeners a little about who you are and what you do?
0: Yes, thanks for uh, having me, Neil. My name is Heath Spencer. I'm the CEO of Traitware. We work in the authentication space. We were founded on uh, resolving the frustrations and risks around username and passwords and uh, have successfully done so.
2: Sure. Uh, Hi, Neil. Hi, Heath. Uh, I'm Anil Kumar. I'm a technical marketing manager at Citrix. Uh, I've been with Citrix uh, and Citrix Ready program for close to five years now. Uh, Citrix Ready, uh, as many of you already know, uh, it's a technology partner program. Uh, We validate and recommend uh, third-party products uh, which are compatible on Citrix. Uh, We have uh, an online library or or website where we uh, publish all the compatible uh, products of Citrix uh, in one place. Uh, And uh, I basically am responsible for uh, networking, security, and cloud ecosystems uh, of of Citrix Study partners. I've been in the industry for uh, uh, for a little over 12 years now uh, and uh, happy to be a part of this call today.
1: Well, I'm excited to get you both on today because it seems that we all unlock our smartphones and iPads and even laptops now with our fingerprint, face. There's so many different forms of authentication. But of course, we're all struggling to remember those myriad of passwords that we've all accumulated over the years. And there's an increasing argument that it's now finally time to replace that 1961 legacy technology. So Heath, can I ask you, you talk a little bit about the history of the password as we know it today.
0: Yeah, so what's uh, you know the history of the password is is really interesting story as we look at uh, the security side of it in the the idea that we've been struggling with uh, credential management really since its inception. So the password was born at MIT in 1961. As uh, you can imagine, they essentially had one giant mainframe computer at that time that they were trying to figure out how to allocate uh, server resources and time. Uh, across professors and students, et cetera, at the university. And what's really exciting is um, that professor's technology today is still being used in different fashions, not outside of the password, but really how we partition uh, resources on a computer today. Once he figured out how to partition resources on that server, he had to figure out how to gate the access or, or regulate access to that System and allocated across the professors and the students. And what we know today of username and password uh, gated access to a resource was born in 1961 at MIT. The as you can imagine, the students at MIT are extremely bright. And within five months of that system being in place, one of those students happened to notice that the entire list of credentials was stored in the server that he was on. So he just decided to print that list of usernames and passwords and then he could have all the time that he wanted uh, to access that server and whoever's name he used in that process would show up and their time would already be spent. So within five months of username and password being born in 1961, we had our first incident of credential misuse, uh, one where they were just a list that was accessible and, and replayed. So people have been trying to solve this equation of how do we improve authentication and access to a, a resource or a service in a better fashion? And you mentioned at the beginning of the call that today we have the ability to use biometrics on devices that we're carrying around, whether it's our smartphone or our laptop. And how do we use that in a way to advance you know, replacing legacy login, and that's what we really focused on, and how we did that in a unique way is is where we're at today. So that's a bit of the history of the password, and it really wasn't until recent times that innovation and technology allowed us to even create a solution like we have today. Um, you know, which is what's exciting about what we're doing. You know, partnered with Citrix in the Citrix Ready environment, is they're leveraging innovation and technology to advance how we use systems to make them more secure as well in virtual environments. And it's it's really a, a, a wonderful fit together.
1: And I am conscious, Heath, that we're going to have people tuning in and hearing about Traitware for the very first time. And my understanding is that you guys provide enterprise password passwordless, multi-factor authentication, and single sign-on for businesses to manage all of their software. But can you just give me a very brief overview of what you guys are doing and the, and the kind of problems that you're solving for businesses?
0: Yeah, so really in a, in layman's terms, if you think about a simple access point of the human to machine entry point, right? So anywhere that you're accessing a system that currently has legacy login like we just discussed with a username and password field box, we replace that front door lock with a passwordless solution. Using a device you're already carrying on a daily basis. So we have a unique way of tokenizing your mobile device, your smartphone, or you could use a tablet if you wanted to. But we, you know, we know most people are carrying their phone everywhere they go. And according to Verizon and AT and T and their studies, uh, most of us won't leave that more than three feet away from us on any given day. Um, so we looked at rather than having to create extra external hardware tokens, et cetera, let's use something we're already carrying. So we looked at that and how do you leverage the biometric capacity of that device and keep that in a unique way secure. So what's really exciting is the way that we leverage biometric authentication, the user possesses that identity the entire time, Uh, especially if you're using an iOS device. Um, When you register your biometric on that device, it is created and stored in the secure enclave, and it's opaque to the rest of the world, including Apple. Uh, They don't know the mathematical representation that that is, and we don't know the mathematical representation is. So when you're looking at privacy regulations like GDPR or now California CCPA, et cetera, this allows the user to maintain possession of that biometric identity template and we never use it. Then what we do at Traitware, and what we've gotten our first two patents issued on is the way that we then register your device as a token, creating multi-factor authentication, something you are, something you have. We have other layers that we can add on there, whether it's a geofence or a knowledge factor from an image sequence, but most people just are okay and are secure enough with just two-factor today, right? So we use biometric and a secure token. The unique way that we register your device actually becomes a live biometric in essence. It's an idamic token. We look at the way that you use the device in different areas without looking at any PII. We just look at a mathematical representation of the way that you interact with your device. And the way that you interact with your device is so different from the way that I interact with my device or the way that Anil interacts with his device that it separates you to one in 300 billion. That's how unique your interaction with your device is. We then take that mathematical representation and we leave leave it on the phone and then we stick an example of that representation on a separate authentication server. Every time I go to authenticate to any resource, the tokens have to match with that within an allowable percentage of change. So what we registered your device as a token has to then match with the token that's on the authentication server within an allowable percentage of change. And the reason that there's an allowable percentage of change is as you use your device, it evolves and changes, and your representation changes. So it then creates a dynamic token that's being re-authenticated each time that you authenticate to access a service. Then any service that you want to access like Citrix, whether it's workplace or through the NetScaler gateway, et cetera, there is a relying party trust between that service and the authentication server that's established through authentication standards, such as SAML 2.0, OpenID Connect, OAuth, etc., that allows us to use a certificate-based tokenized authentication process that eliminates passwords entirely because you're relying just on managing a token versus managing legacy login and that that's a simple high level view of of what we do and does hopefully that answers your question
1: fantastic it really does Ethan. so thanks for sharing the great work you're doing that about the, f- the future of authentication that you're building and on the flip side of that coin anil could i ask you to share the evolution of citrix workspace and how citrix is actually Aiming to power a smarter and more flexible way of working.
2: So, uh, so we've been uh, we've we uh, Citrix. It, we recently completed the 30th year anniversary. So that's uh, how uh, old Citrix is, and and throughout these years, we've uh, our technology has uh, evolved uh, 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 evolved exponentially. I would say. So, um, so we started as a company who provide uh, remote access to. Uh, to to fat clients, thin clients, uh, and, and then expanding into a server and uh, server desktop and application virtualization. Uh, we are still uh, we are still pioneers in that space. Uh, but what we what we are uh, really focusing on in the past few years is is to uh, uh, is on the employee experience. Uh, what what we are really focusing on uh, is to provide that or unleash that full potential uh, which which companies and teams need and uh, through through something called uh, workspace intelligence to our Citrix workspace. So uh, so just to uh, provide a very uh, brief uh, background to it as, uh, uh, as, as, uh, as, as what we try to focus on uh, one of the biggest factors. Uh, of Of any business uh, success today is, is employee experience, and uh, what we've uh, what we've uh, identified uh, through many uh, through many surveys and many uh, uh, many researchers uh, companies where uh, engaged employee uh, companies with more and more engaged employees are uh, are much more productive than than the companies uh, which do not have uh, more engaged employees and um uh, and 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 it really uh, shows in their profits and and gains uh, over their comp- competitors uh, but but uh, it, but it it is it is hard to uh, achieve uh, employee engagement uh, with with current uh, trends of technology and and the applications and the devices in place uh, what we've seen as uh, today's uh, workers uh, they are uh, they are more engaged. I mean, they are more plagued with endless stacks of uh, stacks of applications, uh, logins, uh, different different applications and different logins, usernames and passwords from from various devices. And and what they what what really happens is they spend uh, a lot of this time uh searching for systems and hunting down information than do the uh actual work uh and and uh, because they are more uh engaged in all these uh repetitive tasks and and going through user manuals to uh get their apps and uh other works going on on the other side uh, uh more and more employees uh are abandoning or or leaving their jobs uh than than ever before. Uh, in this current uh, current millennium, uh, and and often uh, the digital experience the uh, the employers provide to them is, is to blame. While um, uh, while more and more executives feel that uh, they are meeting the uh, technology uh, the teams their team needs, uh, but but most of the employees uh, disagrees uh, disagree on it. So uh, what we provide. Uh, uh, is uh, at citrix as as is, uh, is a workspace intelligence uh, which which can organize and guide work uh, in in a much easier way than uh, than ever to keep uh, keep all these star performers effective and engaged and and less likely to leave leave, uh, leave the companies uh what what citrix workspace also enables us it's is, is faster access to information through uh, something called micro apps uh, technology, which we uh, recently introduced. Uh, so micro apps uh, can can remove all these uh, frustrating barriers that, um, uh, that that impact employee en- engagement. And uh, unlike uh, the full application, uh, micro apps don't force users to uh, slog through uh, countless. Uh, browser tabs and apps to get things done. Let's say, for example, uh, you're an employee in a company and you have to uh, apply for uh, a PTO which is coming up. So, so traditionally, what we've been doing is we have a separate uh, application or, uh, or or a website where you have to go and uh, which which uh, log into it, which which has different user credentials than you use uh, to log into your computer of course we do not uh, apply for these ptos every day or uh, or or all these similar applications which we use only once in a while and uh, it's a full blown application but has has thousands of other features but all we do is uh, go into it either check up pay slip or apply uh, for the pto or or or, or something else so uh, so our use on this um, in this full-blown app is very limited but to get into it we have to kind of remember the url to go there uh log into it with uh with usernames and passwords which uh we may not remember so uh so, so all these things are kind of not helping the employee to to stay stay focused at at at, at his work uh so with through through micro apps what we are Really doing is building uh, a workflow where once the user log in, logs into Citrix Workspace, everything that he needs is available in one single place. Uh, and uh, through micro apps, uh, all these uh, all these repetitive or uh, one-time tasks, uh, act which require single action are available uh, on a single click. Uh, so all he has to do is, uh, uh, let's say he has to request for a PTO that, that is already available for him. He just clicks on it, uh, uh, enters the duration and, and, and in the background it goes, uh, goes and talks to, uh, let's say Workday or some other, uh, app and, and get, gets his things done. So, and, and, uh. Uh, this micro app feature is is uh, it's something which is recently introduced and uh, that's something which we encourage all our customers to kind of take advantage of. Uh, and and what, what Citrix Workspace also has in terms of accessing information faster is something called Universal Search, where uh, you do not have to kind of browse through uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, cloud storages or filed uh, folders in your uh, computers etc all your files are available and can you can really utilize the uh, universal search to uh, uh, to search for your files and and it's available and and similarly we have uh, a lot of these uh, intelligent features integrated which which, uh, which replaces uh, distractions with uh, simplified actions and uh, and and uh, and we have something called our intelligent feed, uh, which ensures employees see uh, what they really need, uh, when they need it. And uh, and, and managers and employees can, can review their reports, approve submissions, and access all their files they need in a single click. Uh, so that's what uh, Citrix work, Workspace has really evolved into uh, from just providing... Uh, remote access and and server and uh, app virtualization into providing something uh, called Citrix Workspace uh, with intel- uh, Workspace Intelligence, uh, where everything uh, an employee needs uh, to get his work done is available in one single place, and uh, with unified experience, it's, it's the same uh, look and feel uh, no matter uh, which which device they. Uh, kind of use to get into
1: Citrix workspace. Thanks, Anil. And one of the big changes that I've seen, especially over the last few years, is traditionally in IT, uh, everybody trusted everything on the internal network and distrust everything on the external network, which, of course, created vulnerabilities. So, Anil, can you tell me a little bit more about Citrix's role in actually aiming to achieve zero trust security? Because it's an incredibly exciting space at the moment, isn't it?
2: So our uh, main motto has been uh, uh, reduce, reducing security risk without compromising experience, and uh, zero trust is one of the approaches through which we are uh, we are trying to achieve this. Uh, so when it comes to security, uh, it, it really plays uh, an important role, uh, no matter. Uh, no matter the decision which the company is trying to uh, go or take or move into, uh, let it be uh, the current hybrid hybrid multi cloud moment or uh, providing uh, uh, providing employees with with a better uh, user experiences experience with modern work, modern workspaces, etc. So, so, so it could be any decision which the company uh, would uh, would like to take. Security plays a big part in it. And uh, what we've traditionally seen as uh, 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 how, da- how the data centers have been built uh, over the years as, uh, let's say, a new application, uh, if, if employees require a new application, uh, uh, th- that comes into the data center and you, and you have separate point products to kind of uh, provide access to what secure it and it, uh, secure it. Uh, Etc. So what what has happened is uh, the traditional data center has is built with a lot of uh, different point products, uh, products for uh, your identity and access management needs, uh, your network security needs, uh, different point solutions, managed devices. Uh, and and uh, the application itself is a huge sprawl where you have uh, the traditional uh, enterprise applications you have the web apps and and uh, a lot of saas apps now so you have a lot of these a uh, lot, lot of these point products in your data center which uh, which which is very difficult to manage it has increased the complexity uh, and and uh, has obviously uh, uh, there is a lot of loopholes and and security breaches which uh, the IT, uh, IT teams are not able to manage. So what really uh, Zero Trust brings into picture is consolidation or even removing all these point solutions and having that concept of not trusting anything, but always uh, verifying everything. It's a collective approach, and uh, what zero trust does is it it, it, it does not assume uh, trust, and and does not provide any uh, any automatic trust, and uh, and and it promotes continuously verifying and and monitoring all the logins, and and even uh, after the user is logged in, uh, the user. Uh, user is continuously challenged, uh, uh, continuously monitored for their behavior. Uh, it, it is removing the whole concept of having a perimeter and thinking everything within the perimeter is secure. So that's zero trust. And the reason why uh, this approach is uh, becoming more and more mainstream is because of uh, so some of the reasons which I'll explain now. So first one is the uh, shortcomings and uh, traditional VPN solutions. Uh, so what's, uh, so what what has always happened is, uh, in, in a VPN solution, you know that once a user gets into VPN, has been pro- he's uh, provided with all the access uh, to the company resources. So the only time he's verified is during the login, and after that, he's not. Uh, He's trusted that he's he's a good user and and he's been uh, provided access with everything, which is assuming trust, and it opens up the entire network. So there's there's no continuous evaluation in that. The second one in terms of shortcomings in traditional technology is uh, the users with unmanaged devices. Uh, Although uh, although a lot of these device management uh, solutions promise uh, promise uh, managing all the devices uh, within the company premises, within uh, uh, the corporate-owned devices. Uh, they uh, they provide little to least uh, um, uh, uh, security when it comes to unmanaged or uh, or bring your own devices or or user or employee-owned devices. And and a lot of these employees do not really enroll uh, them to uh, these NDM solutions uh, because of security reasons. And these NDM uh, solutions do what is some what, uh, provide what is something called uh, URL whitelisting listing and uh, uh, IP uh, IP filtering etc. But but that's not the uh, way to go. Um, uh, a whitelisted listed URL could always be modified and. Uh, install phishing websites and things like that. Uh, when it comes to network, the traditional firewalls which only allow and deny uh, uh, users based on certain rules, that's that's the old way and uh, does not provide any protection when it comes to the current uh, security breaches which we are seeing. Uh, what's recommended is uh, something, uh, the next generation firewalls, uh, everything is questioned Uh, have very granular decision-making and have that uh, network segmentation in place. And, and same goes with uh, the applications where where uh, it lacks uh, API security controls and uh, uh, limited isolation against modern day attacks. And uh, what Citrix uh, really provides, or our Citrix Workspace really provides, is an invisible security with intelligent experience through our uh, Citrix uh, so Secure Workspace. Uh, we have uh, URL filtering, uh, web isolation. When it comes to sanction and unsanction apps, uh, we have uh, inbuilt secure browser um, and, and uh, device. And so so every uh, so so all these uh, uh, security uh, requirements, which is required for uh, uh, modern uh, uh, mod- securing a modern workspace, is available through our Citrix workspace. Um, and, and and that's what we and, and, and the base to it is is, uh, is zero trust, which is uh, not assuming anything and uh, and and providing uh, access, but always verifying and and then providing access.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Anil. And Heath, Anil mentioned there two key phrases for me. One was about phishing and the old way of doing things. So Heath, when you look across that business landscape and the old way of doing things, how are you finding that that's actually linking to credential phishing and all caused by those traditional credential management uh, systems that we use?
0: Yeah, it's we you know this is why we fit so very well with Citrix and, and their Citrix Ready platform is that you know we we look at you know again going back to just replacing that front door lock of where a person needs to authenticate to a resource like Citrix workplace and approaching it in this zero trust manner in the same fashion is instead of assuming that uh just because they have the correct login credentials uh doesn't mean that it's them and with a passwordless solution like traitware we can use this zero trust model in the same way and you know looking at phishing credential management etc it is a ginormous cost to every business from small business to large enterprise and an example of that is Uh, I think back in 2017, even Microsoft, who's on a mission to go passwordless, had 686 password uh, help desk ticket reset calls in one month, leading to a $12 million annual password support budget for Microsoft. Uh, Now that's obviously they're one of the largest companies in the world. And so that number is large for them. But the average cost of uh, password support and this ties to uh, credential phishing, uh, the training around credential phishing in phishing attacks in general, uh, password help desk tickets, etc. The average cost is around seven hundred thousand dollars per enterprise business for managing those credentials and training the staff around credential phishing. Uh, any stat that you read today. And as Citrix is moving to take this posture of zero trust and really how do we do a better job of trying to reduce the threat vectors that we're facing with cybersecurity today? And, you know, basically what was created in 1961 is the username and password was not intended to protect what we're trying to protect today and the amount of data and information that we're leveraging with innovative technology that does make our lives better. It allows us to work remote. It allows us to work on the go, um, You know, get things done quicker, have better oversight and accesses. Uh, Anil shared with everything they're doing, it really, really improves the employee experience and the employee efficiency. We've taken that same mindset. How do we reduce the friction for the person and yet make security inherent in the technology. And that's where we believe that multi-factor authentication is a must have. It's no longer should be an option. If MFA is an option for a user, today in the enterprise world, only 25% of them are choosing MFA. And if it's a cumbersome process, they will do everything they can to, have it, you know, have a workaround to not have to enter a one-time passcode, etc. So, you know, looking at those things, uh, phishing and basically business email compromise, which is is a lot of it is tied to phishing, is the number one threat vector today for enterprises and how people are getting money out of that business in a malicious way and it's on the on average today within the enterprise space is roughly 3.8 to 4 million dollars on average for between ransomware and false wire transfers and everything else that's tied to someone replicating someone's access and then escalating their privileges with someone's credentials and that's a lot of it is tied to credential management and credential phishing
1: and also Heath, achieving simplicity and security is so much harder than it actually sounds. But what do you think the future is around authentication, whether it be password, MFA and and the advantages in virtual environments too. What, what are your thoughts around that?
0: You know, we've really focused on the one aspect mainly of the of the person to the machine authentication part of it and I do truly believe that biometrics are A major player in the aspect of authentication today and different technologies are going to figure out how to leverage that. There are some unique cases and each environment is different. Whether you're addressing an internal person within a federal facility, what they're using for biometrics on site is probably going to be a little bit more stringent and not an option to use those. Meaning, They may be using a retina scan or a palm reader, and it's all on premise, meaning that biometric template is going to be stored on site. Depending on where that's located, there are already states in the US, and I'm sure there's some places within GDPR where you have to then gain permission from that individual to use that biometric template and store that biometric template. There's actually a case in the U.S. right now where a 16-year-old is suing an amusement park because they captured his biometric identity without his permission when he bought a season pass to the amusement park. And, and that's a really interesting case And in, because they've got really strict privacy laws. The way that Traitware is achieving leveraging biometric authentication, as I mentioned earlier, leaves that template opaque to anyone outside, to anyone really, even the user can't see it and can't obtain it. Um, so it maintains that privacy aspect of it. So moving to the future of authentication, biometrics will play a huge part of it. Achieving it in a, a way that maintains privacy and security will be a key part of how that's achieved. And enterprises need to look at how they're doing it in allowing their user and anil mentioned this too there's a lot of byod in the space today allows the user to maintain that privacy and leverage modern authentication such as biometrics in the process of it
1: and anil on that same subject of the future of authentication and passwords mfa and the advantages in virtual environments what what are your thoughts on that
2: Right, like Heath mentioned, uh, MFA should uh, definitely be in place. There's uh, there's no uh, uh, there's no other way to go about it uh, anymore. Long has gone where uh, uh, just just having a traditional username and password is very susceptible for breaches. We've been uh, seeing that for years, and uh, MFA is definitely the way to go. And uh, and and uh, even something like the traditional uh tokens uh, or or security tokens uh which were available i, th- I think even they are uh not not very uh, very secure anymore uh the hackers have uh, uh have found ways to uh kind of breach into the uh, uh authentication systems to even even get uh, get the otps and and uh, and and at pass and and when it comes to uh, traditional passwords uh, and and the kind of complexity which uh, which the uh, companies are enforcing their employ uh, employees to set their passwords. I, I think a lot of them are uh, forgetting their passwords or they are noting down in their uh, in in their notepads or post-it notes and and, uh, uh, and 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 those those are not the uh, best ways to kind of keep your password secure. Uh, the way to go is definitely uh, through uh, through passwordless and and biometrics uh, like like the way he mentioned and and uh, and this is not very limited to a virtual environments and uh, and and how Citrix Workspace really helps us uh, that there's no need to kind of uh, having uh, have to rem- uh, uh, remember multiple urls and and logins and usernames and passwords uh, all you need to do is uh, log into Citrix workspace once and uh, you'll be uh, you'll be presented with uh, all the applications, all the virtual desktops. Uh, all your files and storages uh, and and with the recent micro apps development you'll have all your intelligent feeds and tasks available in one place uh, so uh, so so you really do not need to kind of uh, uh, spend time or, or waste time logging into all these uh, different urls and remembering all these usernames and passwords uh, with, with Citrix Workspace, everything is available in one place, and uh, it, it has we we have, uh, we have single sign-on capability, uh, which means uh, even after you uh, uh, even if you click on any of the uh, applications published to you, it, it provides that single sign-on. And what we also provide is uh, as a choice to our customers uh, to integrate with uh, any any user identity. Uh, of their choice, and and, uh, and and through Citrix Ready Program, we we work with a lot of technology vendors like Tradeware uh, and many others to uh, to provide that uh, choice to customers to be able to integrate uh, with with newer and uh, better technologies like Tradeware and many others provide.
1: Excellent. And one of the other things I love doing on this podcast, I love hearing about how you're talking about the problems that you're solving in your own rights. But equally, I'm also fascinated by how you're working together to solve the kind of problems that we've talked about today. So from a Citrix and Tradeware point of view, can you tell me a little bit more about how they work together and the kind of technical integration points as well? And I'll throw that one out to Heath, first of all.
0: Yeah, and just uh before we get too far into the technical part, I just wanted to share one thing that I want to make sure we didn't miss and in, in a huge advantage of why we work together so well is one reason to move to virtual environments, et cetera, virtual desktops is another way of reducing phishing risks, et cetera, or installing malicious malware is working on a virtual environment you're, you're not necessarily installing anything, or depending on how the the policies are written for that protocol, it's a, working together between passwordless MFA to the system and having a system where you aren't clicking links that are outside of your system. They work really, really well together to reduce those risks associated with phishing, et cetera. Um, Moving on to the integration points and why we are such a simple play for Citrix and working really well together is I mentioned earlier in the call authentication standards and leveraging a framework that Citrix has already built in tying different applications together or different services together. And we can leverage authentication standards like SAML 2.0 or OpenID Connect to sit at that front door entry point. Of that environment. Um, Because of integrations that we've built, there are aspects of single sign on what we're doing that enhance what Citrix has done with their environments and tying things together. A unique example that we have, and uh, really where we really actually discovered how well we fit with Citrix, was we had an enterprise deployment within the healthcare space in the US that was in a unique situation where they were it was a software provider providing software to federally and state funded healthcare clinics. Because of this, they were under very strict federal regulations had to meet in the U S standards, FedRAMP certification. They were previously using RSA tokens as their one-time passcode, their system administrators. So for, let's say, 65% of their workforce, could just access Citrix Workplace and have all of their uh, virtual desktop environments and their applications accessible through that. And and we sit in front of that environment very well for them. Some of their system admins, another 35% of their workforce, because of federal regulation, weren't allowed to use single sign-on for every environment. So those system admins were carrying around up to four or five individual RSA keys and had to have four to five unique identities, u- username and passwords, for each one of those siloed environments. So coupling Citrix with traitware allowed us to give that user a single pane of glass on their mobile device as their token to access not only their workplace environment, but other, the other four siloed data sets that they needed to access from a single pane of glass. So, combining traitware through these authentication standards with Citrix and their other environments really truly enhanced that user's experience and the ability to access any of the five environments that they needed to access through a single pane of glass, leveraging those authentication standards. And again, allowing us to reduce credential management and move their system admins to managing just a secure token for each individual that really could be provisioned just in time for certain access through one tick box through an administrative panel or allowing that SSO sign into their workplace environments through Citrix Workplace or or NetScaler for their external users as well. and so, yeah, it's really, really simple to be plug-and-play with Citrix's tools for us through authentication standards.
1: Fantastic. And Neil, is there anything that you'd like to share about why you work so well together with Traitware?
2: Right. So so the key points are definitely uh, Traitware. Uh, provides uh, multi-factor authentication uh, uh, in, in, a, in a very unique sense and their ability to support uh, SAML, OpenID Connect, uh, and OAuth, which which are also compatible, and and something which Citrix NetScaler Gateway uh, uh, provides as an option for the customers to use. Uh, so uh, so like he mentioned, the uh, the unique way of kind of capturing the biometrics and and uh, using uh, the uh, uh, users' own devices as, as their tokens instead of uh, instead of having to carry a lot of other uh, other uh, devices or or solutions to remember their uh, MFA tokens is something very unique and and we were able to successfully validate their uh, solution with with our citrix workspace uh, and and providing one one more very unique solution for our joint customers to uh, leverage and and uh, to make their workspace even more secure.
1: Thank you so much to both of you for coming on today and sharing your stories and how well you're working together. From a Citrix point of view, Anil, can I just ask that you uh, point listeners in the direction of where they can find you online and the best way of contacting your team?
2: Definitely. Uh, so you could uh, find uh, all, all the Citrix Ready products along, along with uh, Tradeware uh, and, and Citrix Ready Marketplace. Uh, the link to the website is, uh, is very simple. It's uh, citrixready.citrix.com. And if you have any questions related to uh, uh, to Citrix Ready products or or, or our integration with Rateware, uh, you could uh, drop an email to citrixready uh, at the rate citrix.com and, and we'll be happy to assist you.
1: Excellent. And finally, Heath, of course, if there's anywhere uh, you can point the listeners in the direction for tradeware too, whether that be the marketplace or your own website.
0: Yeah. So as Anil mentioned, uh, we are located in the Citrix Ready marketplace. So the address that he mentioned, you can go directly there and then see the solutions that Citrix has validated and, and tested us for. Uh, within the Citrix Marketplace. So we're very honored and, and proud to be part of that marketplace with them and excited to work on future projects with them as they're releasing new solutions as well. Uh, you can also visit traitware.com directly to learn a little bit more about us. Uh, there's lots of information there. And then you could email um, sales at traitwear.com or you could email me directly if you want to talk to me directly at Heath Spencer, or Heath. Spencer at traitwear.com as well.
1: Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. So many big talking points. I think the big one, of course, is that multi-factor authentication is no longer an option. It should be mandatory now right across the business landscape. But more than anything, I know time is precious. Just a big thank you for joining me today. Thank you both.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Neil.
2: Thanks, Heath. Uh, Thanks, Neil.
0: Thank you, Neil. Wonderful to spend time with all of you today.
1: I do love episodes like this. As it? Al- I just think it allows us all to hear how companies are working together on mutual goals rather than battling against each other for their own interests. And that has to be a big sign of progress. So please email citrixready at citrix.com or tweet us at citrixready and join this conversation by sharing your experiences. And maybe, just maybe together we can bring your ideas to life and help build the workspace of the future. So keep those messages coming in and I'll see you all next time.